This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Our first post-divisional win podcast, Mike. How you doing? Amazing. And I'm still a little confused. Yeah. Bengals were six-point underdogs. Uh, and the Giants were seven-point underdogs. Like, one point away from Giants-Eagles. It sure didn't look like that. I don't know if Nick wants to come on and repent for his pick last week. You know. Nick was so close on that Jags call, and there were opportunities for the Jags to win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He We're going to let him go. Them. We're going to let him go, but here's the thing. Just know that we remember. You you can't count out the big dogs in the AFC. That's the one thing that, that a lot of people this offseason, they, they forgot to do. Uh, the defending AFC champs started 0-2. They haven't lost since October 31st. And here they are again, a rematch in the AFC championship game, the fourth time versus Patrick Mahomes. But we'll back it up because we'll have all week to talk about the AFC championship yep. game. Let's talk about O-line. All week O-line conversation. Ooh. What did you think? Awesome. Awesome from everybody. I feel like Jackson Carmen has such a spotlight because it was his start. And now there is the raging war of whether he should start, whether or not Jonas healthy. And I don't think so, but <laughs> um, the offensive line in general just stepped up so much. I think Jackson Carmen stepped up. He had a good game. I don't think it was a fantastic game, but I thought it was good. And it's hard to find any offensive line who had a bad game. The worst game might've been Karras. Like, shockingly, like, the, the guy that you think, like, okay, I know he's solid, and I think he did play fine. You didn't think he played poorly. I was like, I think, I know he's solid, but it's everybody else I'm concerned about. I was like, well, everybody else just went out there <laughs> and really opened up a can. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Bengals were running all these different concepts, and I think my favorite was they got to a few times was tackle power, and they pulled, and I don't know why they're going tackle power, but maybe it's just the angle of, uh, the blocks here, but um, they pull a Denigy from right to left up to the second level. And they had two gains of like 10 plus yards because Joe Mixon looked like prime Joe Mixon out there. It was like, you just need the snow to rejuvenate him. Mr. Plow, as I have now dubbed him for the rest of this playoff run, at least I will call him that. What did you think? Because the snow it's kind of wild because it snowed in cincinnati all day today and yeah. then it was like oh it's buffalo there's going to be snow there and then there was snow right at kickoff when it started to come down what were some of your initial thoughts what the outcome of this game was going to be initial thoughts is i thought it helped cincy 
Um, because what the snow is going to do is it has no effect really to me on receivers a little bit on the defense because they have to react to a ball being thrown. What, what it does is in my opinion, it hurts change of direction a little bit and it really hurts explosion. And what I was thinking when I say that helps Cincy is the bills defensive line is unable to fire off of the ball. Um, when you're going against up, going against this backup offensive line, you want them to be able to fire off the ball every snap and just put so much pressure on them, but they can't push off the ground and get the same amount of explosion as they normally can. I will say they got beat up either way. They have no excuse about the snow, but when I was watching, when I, when I saw the snow start coming down, I was like, unless there's a ton of wind, this helps Cincy because like the wind, Josh Allen's got a freak arm like that. That'll help him. He could throw it like that. Um, although since he has the better run game as they showed, I guess today, although I, I don't know if I would have said that going into the game with three backup offensive linemen, uh, just so much talk about this bills defensive line. And I did mention, like, I don't think they're all they're cracked up to be like, I see the press rush win rate for Greg Russo's like near Trey Hendrickson. I'm just like, he is not that caliber of pass rusher. I didn't expect this. I didn't expect even with the snow, even with, you know, a good game plan like I thought they'd have, I did not expect them to just run rampant through this Bills defense. Like, yes, Joe Burrow was awesome. And Joe Burrow, 0.39 EPA per play, which is up in the 88th percentile and uh, well above average with completion percentage above expectations. The thing that shocks you a, a little bit here that I don't think anybody would have predicted, like you could predict Joe Burrow is going to have an awesome – uh, awesome game. Joe Mixon with 0.15 EPA per play, which is up near the Browns running game in general. Like he was as good as the best, their run game when they handed off to Mixon was as good as the best run games in the league. And I think you could feel that. I All that talk about Samaj P. Ryan, Mixon looked ready to go, man. Like that was the thing that shocked me the second most. Like the offensive line playing that good, Definitely was the most shocking thing, but Joe Mixon, it was like the first run of the game, uh, that toss play, and he just trucks Jordan Poyer and keeps going, and I just thought, woo, he's here. But you always kind of feel that way, and this is my personal opinion, when Joe Mixon goes off early, you know it's going to be a Joe Mixon game. Like, he was his OG Joe Mixon self, and a perfect game to do it because you get to run off the clock, you have these long drives. Uh, when this offense is on the field and it just really showed the whole first and second half. But Joe Mixon said something a couple weeks ago, if everybody remembers before that Monday night football game, he made a comment. That was kind of when the big dogs comments and everything like that, you know, we, we are the AFC defending champs. And he talked about the linebackers. He talked about the Ravens versus the Bills linebackers. And that ended up being a huge thing for some of the Buffalo Bills that he would talk about the linebackers like that. And I don't think Mixon meant anything bad by it. Well, wasn't he good? He said that the Ravens linebackers are good, but they're not the Bills guys, as if the Bills guys are the best players. If I'm remembering that right. It was actually flip-flopped. You sure? Because I yeah. thought it was disrespectful to the Ravens. Like, they got all mad about it. So, no, it was actually a Bills thing. It was right before the Monday night football game versus the Buffalo Bills, and he had made the comment about the linebackers. And he said, well, they're not the Ravens. Oh, okay. Uh, hey. 
and if I'm wrong about that, then I'm no, I think you you're probably right. I I, don't I, remember. I, I knew somebody was upset. <laughs> well, I, I and I think you know they took offense to that before the Monday Night Football game. Like, how could you say that? And and he he really it wasn't anything bad about the Buffalo Bills, but hey, he, he knows what those linebackers look like and what the Baltimore Ravens, and he just proved again today that man, we always wondered what the outcome of that Monday Night Football game would have looked like, and and maybe we saw I think a little it bit closer. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, oh, it was a shot. It was a shot to those. All right, I'm wrong. Whatever. Yeah, it's no, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Derail okay. the podcast. No, 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 no. It's totally okay. But I think he kind of proved a point because of what we saw from Joe Mixon in this game. And then you see the game versus the Baltimore Ravens last week. We said it on this podcast all week. That was going to be probably the best defense that they played in the AFC bracket. And then you look at that divisional matchup and you play the Buffalo Bills and I'll stick to offense. Now we'll get to defense in just a moment because Lou did his thing again with Josh Allen. And it's hard to do that when, when weather is impacting the game, but it just felt like, honestly, even the offense left some points off the board. What is a catch? What is it? Can we, here's, here's the thing. Look, I, at the moment, I'm like, man, it's so frustrating because I didn't feel like they had enough evidence to overturn it. And that would have been the biggest thing. But it's it's so crazy because it's a touchdown anywhere else but the NFL. It's the only way to do the rule right is to essentially have the backyard football rule of vibes. Because, like, yeah, there's like a rule about you have to, the ball can't move, blah, blah, blah. Jamar Chase had the ball two steps and like if he just falls down out of bounds, like it doesn't matter, but because the ball shifts a tiny bit, but like, I just imagine like having this argument growing up and be like, I still have the ball. Like, what do you mean? Like I caught the ball and you didn't remove it. For, like it never fell down. I had it the whole time, but because it's the NFL and they have to have a strict rule on this, there's no interpretation, <laughs> not a catch, I guess, whatever. I, mean, I thought it was a little wild to overturn it, but at the same time, I never thought it was rigged. I think that a lot of people jumped right to that. I was just like, come on, man. Like, are you serious? <laughs> I it, To me, it's just refs are refs, refs, refs are refs, whatever. You know, and, and, and during the moment when I watch a game, I have a lot of thoughts on the NFL officials. I will say this. And of course it's easy to say after a win. I, the officials, honestly, they had an okay game. Yeah. Other than I mean, it's that. actually New York that, <laughs> because it's not the officials on the field. They, they called that a touchdown. Then it went to New York and they overturned it. Um, I, th I like that. They let the, uh, the Allen near fumble uh, stand and they, well, not stand, sorry. They let that play out and then they overturned it. I, I thought it was 50, 50, whatever. I, the ball was going forward, I guess, but um, yeah, I, I like that. They let it play out because I think a lot of times they just blow that dead and then, before recovery so that way at least if it did stand you knew who had the ball uh overall yeah i thought the officials were fine i mean yeah. i don't remember too much that was egregious other than stuff that went to review and i guess the joe mixon non-touchdown that they had to review was kind of out there i thought it was very clearly over but uh hey whatever it got called right i i didn't hate the officiating in this game um i just didn't it was just that one touchdown. I was just like, that was a touchdown, man. But it didn't matter. So who cares? Uh, yeah. I don't know if I said enough praise. Offensive line, just awesome. The only time the only time I got upset was just the one Jackson Carmen play where he knocked the guy down and threw him into Burrow's legs. And I was like, oh, buddy, no. You have to have an awareness of where your quarterback is. Um, he was only at like six or seven yards of depth. He was not like 
11 yards deep and it's like, well, you know, he should step up there. No, it was just like, you won that matchup. You just have to finish him properly. You can't just throw him into the quarterback because Joe Burrow is an awesome guy to play quarterback for, or to play offensive line for. I mean, the amount he does to help those guys is over the top, just pocket movement, making guys miss, and then always being consistent with where he is in the puck. He doesn't drift left or right. He doesn't drift too far back. He's just, I mean, it's like teach tape, like what you would show high school quarterbacks of like how you're supposed to hang in the pocket, throw when guys are falling around you throw, you know, as you're taking hits, but also just one, two, three ball out one, two, three hitch ball out. It's just so clean and efficient. And I think that's something that goes overlooked is just how near perfect burrow is every time he takes those drops just from um, a mechanical and timing perspective i want to stay with the offensive line i know you mentioned ted cares from earlier maybe the only one that looks like he, he struggled a little bit out there i do want to say um he did get a little bit of attention on the sideline and he was toughing yeah, he it out hurt. so um the way that guy just bounced yeah, the way that guy bounces back and, and just pulls out the whole entire game, credits to Ted Karras, because if you lose a center out there, that's huge for this offensive line who was already down three players right now. But one of the things I'm going to keep an eye on this week, and it's going to be a long week of practice, Alex Kappa made the trip. And look, Andrew guys make the trip all the time. He's no longer on a scooter. He's wearing a boot. And some of the conversations that were happening over the last couple of weeks were, hey, if they can make it to the AFC Championship game, there is a chance that Jonah or Alex could return this week. And I think that's huge when you think about playing a game in Arrowhead. And look, I know how people feel about Jackson Carmen. Maybe they feel like he he played a pretty good game. You're going to go back and watch the tape, and we'll get more to that on Tuesday's episode. But at the same time, if you can have Jonah Williams and if you can have Alex Kappa out there, you're going to want them on your offensive line in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, if they can play, they start, in my opinion. I mean, maybe you have a shorter leash on a Jonah Williams. To me, I thought... And I have to go back and watch, so I don't want to say anything outrageous. But I thought Adenogy was the guy who stood out the most, just personally. Um, and I don't think he had the same magnifying glass, but he really struggled in that Ravens that Ravens playoff matchup. Eight, something like eight pressures or something over the top. And Burrow only pressured like eight times in this game, which actually is still higher than I thought. <laughs> that was an initial number from PFF or somebody I saw tweeted. Uh, but yeah, I was really impressed because he went against the more difficult pass rusher on paper in Gregory Rousseau, who also isn't the perfect matchup for him because he's a power guy and Adenogy is a little lighter. But he handled business there. And in the run game, I mean, he was awesome. I also saw Deontay Smith one time about 10 yards downfield blocking a guy in the run game. So extra offensive lineman was working out as well, just – what a performance on both sides of the ball. I mean, we'll get to the defense in the next segment, but when I, the entire time I'm watching, I'm just like, this is just dominant. Like the Bills, I don't know. The, the Bills defensive line in front in general, just like you're going to lose over the top to the Bengals because of the wide receivers, but to lose this bad to the backup offensive lineman, I mean, Eric Weddle could never see it coming. Ooh, I'm already looking forward to that. Kay Adams, Eric Weddle. Hopefully there's a follow-up. He, he did end that saying like, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. So I think that kind of goes over. I've noticed he just went over the top with his opinion and he is a former Raven. So I guess you could find something there and he played the Bengals Super Bowl last year. So I don't hate him for it. I just, I, he was so over the top with they've got no chance comments. 
But it, my favorite is Andrew Whitworth. Uh, he he had tweet he tweeted Tagged out them. the game and he retweeted it and everything like <laughs> they that. They were teammates last year. They, they were teammates in the Super Bowl. Joe introduced himself to Eric during the Super Bowl in one of the NFL clips. Like, hey man, I really I really like you. I watched you a lot growing up, and they were shaking hands and everything like that. But one of the things that I love is Andrew Whitworth said, "My whole family, we're wearing Bengals jerseys. We're saying who day and I and I love this. And he said, "Look, they didn't need me out there. They I love that one too. Yeah, it was like, in the middle of the game. He was like, "You guys need me? <laughs> Look at those guys." And we he, love it. We lo- today he was right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whenever you can have Andrew Whitworth on your side and, and rooting on your team to hopefully uh, go go make a run for another Super Bowl, it's always a good day. But uh, great stuff from the offensive line. Honestly, I know you're going to go back and watch the tape, and we'll really get into it on Tuesday. And we're going to flip to the defensive side next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Lou, Lou Anarumo, this defense, nothing surprises me anymore. 10 points for Josh Allen in this Buffalo Bills offense. Where should we start? Uh, I mean, we could start with Lou. I mean, the mastermind of it all. He doesn't go out there and run the plays, but he consistently makes these elite quarterbacks uncomfortable. I, It's hard. It is hard to do that. And we'll get into some of the other reasons why I think Allen was uncomfortable. And But it just felt like he never felt confident with what he was seeing. Like, he, want, he wants to go deep, but it's just not there, not there. And he's just like, I, I got to throw the check down, I guess, but we're down 14 points. So it's like, I want to get these points back. And also Allen missed a few throws. Uh, first drive of the game, <laughs> missed what might've been a touchdown. And then that's that play made me think like, oh, this is going to be a shootout. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, it just never happened. Lou Anaruma just, man, over the top, awesome. Um, out of the things I saw, he was not afraid to play single high coverage. And I was kind of surprised by that. And he did that against Mahomes, too, when everybody said, like, well, you just can't do that. And he was just like, watch me. Um, You know, you get a great performance from your players. But I think that makes, you know, it it just throws a wrench at them like, oh, I didn't think you'd do that. The only time that his defense was getting picked up a little bit was uh, when there was no pressure at all. And they were what's called spot dropping, which is what you think of with zone coverage. Like, I drop to here, and that's where I stay. And, uh, you know, the the bills guys were eventually able to get in the creases because they had enough time um but just overall awesome and he did save a little bit towards the end of that game with those blitzes towards the end just who we mike hilton that could be the next thing we talk about but um yeah lou anaruma was awesome again i mean 
I I know I said that he's not going to get a head coaching job because uh, he's older defensive coordinator and he wants to be a head coach. He should. Like that that does not mean he shouldn't when I say that. Like when I say that I mean like yeah, he's not going to get a head coaching he's not going to get a ton of looks at head coach but that's not because of his, you know, quality of coaching. It's because they just want young offensive minds and he's the complete opposite of that. But man, if I was Denver, I have this guy who's done this to Mahomes three times. I've got he's done it to Allen once. Like bring him in. <laughs> So I said that I said it, um, you know, maybe a month or so ago, I said, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I bring Lou in because he shows you how you can get to Patrick Mahomes two times a year. And I think that's huge. And I think the biggest thing is we've talked about it on this podcast. It's offensive minds. And that's probably what's going to happen here. You know what, NFL, I hope you're too busy interviewing all these offensive minds that you forget Lou while he's trying to get this team to another Super Bowl. I, I love everything about it. Believe me, we've, we've said it on here. I'm selfish. Bring him back to Cincinnati. These guys love him. They will have the majority of their people next year on the defensive side of the ball the contract extension talk is all going to be happening really soon for some of the guys whose contract will be up soon but um but yeah i'm okay with teams missing out on him he's showing you every week in the nfl regular season in the playoffs again he has another shot for the fourth time at patrick mahomes could you imagine if he was able to stop patrick mahomes for the fourth time if your team not giving him an interview i don't know what you're doing right now yeah, I could imagine because it's happened three times. Uh, well, you're right. I, will say you're right. You're that, right. I will say that last game was the first time that I think he never like really got pat. Like Mahomes, you know, the Bengals win that game because Kelsey fumbles and they're able to make other things happen. Mm -hmm. But the first two games they played, he really got Patrick in the second half of those games. Um, it just brings me back to I watched this interview with him and I don't remember what it was, what the show was called. I linked it on my Twitter when I posted the quote, but he basically said, when you face these elite quarterbacks, you have to be an offensive minded play caller instead of defensive coaches are so how do we stop this and reacting to what the offense is doing and he basically said you can't do that you just throw things at them and see how they react and keep them on their toes change things up and it is just very it is very offensively minded usually when you think of defensive coordinators who do that type of thing it's like a wink martindale who's just like i'm throwing a zero pressure here <laughs> no matter what you know let's just see how they react to that um but with lou it's coverage he, he just changes up the picture on defense so often and so well that these awesome awesome quarterbacks and offenses just never get into the rhythm that they uh want to I want to say that was the volume podcast with Mike Silver, but I could be completely it wrong. It wasn't Mike. It wasn't Mike. So you're probably right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was a really good interview. Um, we'll obviously link it if if uh, we can remember who that interview was with for Lou. But uh, it's always it's always great. Lou is my favorite. He had some really great quotes, language that I can't say on this podcast <laughs> right after over and I'm like that's Lou I you know this guy is just he's all pumped and the these defensive players love playing for him one of the things I remember and I think I probably said it on the pod is after the Tennessee game he was greeting he was Joe Burrow was one of the last to come off the field obviously because he's doing the national interview and Lou waited for him and I just I loved everything about it because yes he's a defensive coordinator but uh still a great guy to have on your staff but we'll go back to the defensive side Mike Hilton Mike Hilton, this front office, when it comes game to- Game ball on defense, in my opinion. Game ball. The, the 
dude is he hurt my body hurts after watching mike hilton slam <laughs> josh allen to the ground or those tackles that he was making i was like mike hilton again he is, he is such a linebacker right like he just wants to hit people it's like yeah i'm cornerback size and i gotta do this to play here but what i really want to do <laughs> i want to go hit that quarterback i want to go hit the running back i want to go take on a block it's like you don't see corners with that mindset very often he's he's just rare um getting him in stripes has been one of the best decisions the Bengals front office has made which they've made a ton of great decisions lately including you know Chidobe Wujie, DJ Reader and all these other guys but Mike Hilton man he shows up everywhere week after week and he was the spark that made the difference in the last game after halftime they started using him more and then this game they're like yeah we're gonna use Mike you know <laughs> we can't get away from that so uh especially late in that game there was that one drive and he was just the near sack he made a, a tackle in space and he i think made a run stop all like three plays in a row and it was just like oh my god a slot corner doing this no uh, unbelievable and sorry nick i know he's a former Steeler, but we really would like to thank the pittsburgh steelers for allowing cincinnati <laughs> to sign him to a contract and uh he's been amazing honestly one of my favorite players on the defensive side of the ball i want to talk about joseph aside it was early on, and I want to go back to maybe in the first quarter, one of the drives where Joseph Osai gets to Josh Allen, and then it's the incompletion. But he's another guy who we've seen over the last few weeks. We talked about it on the previous podcast of a guy who's really stepping into his role in his first real season in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a good pass rush from the interior, I think, on the play you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, he got pressure, and he was over the left guard Saffold one of my favorites to watch all time, but he's, you know, he's old now. He's lost a step, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, another good game from him. Really. I think the entire defensive line just kicked butt like both sides of the Bengals trenches won these won this game. And I would have predicted the Bengals defensive line would have the upper hand against the bills offensive line, but not to that level. And then on the other side, no, I wouldn't have predicted that. And that was awesome to see. So when you win in the trenches, it makes life easy, and we saw that today. I mean, Josh Allen's getting pressure when they're sending three guys, a three-man rush, and he's getting sacked. Or Yeah, he got sacked by Trey Hendrickson, I believe, on the three-man rush. I was just – these Bengals defensive linemen, they, you know, they just run through people. And it'll be fun to see them go against this Chiefs offensive line again, who's a good offensive line, but, man, they – they face these guys and they just, they step up to the occasion. It's, it's awesome. Uh, thought it's hard to point to anybody on the Bengals in this game that didn't play well. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, like who? Uh, <laughs> no, Seriously, it's I, funny I mean, you say that. No, no, it's funny you say that because I think I, I, I was scrolling to Twitter and I saw an article. It was like winner losers, um, you know, in this game. And I was like, man, I, I, I can't imagine it. And I didn't click on the link, which I should have uh, when talking about it. But I was like, I, I really I can't find one in Cincinnati right now. When you think of the Evan McPherson money, he's back money. He yeah. played fine. There we, are a few bad long, long snaps. I, I don't know. We're really yeah. reaching at this point. Yeah, we are. We are. And honestly, they weren't bad something. enough that they like went over somebody's head. They were just like, ooh, not perfect. No, no. And 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 I want to go back to the defensive side, but I but I agree. I think it was a good game overall. You could say Zach Taylor, Louis Rumo, Brian Callahan, the coaching staff, Joe Burrow, offensive line, the trenches, everyone. Let's talk secondary. I know it's late in the game. Eli Apple, Cam Taylor Britt. All right. Not bad. 
Cam Taylor Britt had a had a had a few plays late in that game, huh? He had the Gabe Davis where he got beat, but he recovered and knocked the ball, played through the hands, knocked the ball away. And then when Cam Taylor Britt started breaking on that pass, he was in uh, cover two, so he's sinking, sinking. And Josh Allen thinks I got to throw this whole shot in between Britt and the safety. And when he starts breaking, I just started screaming. I knew it was happening. <laughs> so he just has to catch it because like he baited him into that one and. Uh, Honestly, it's surprising. It reminds me, Eli Apple's really good at baiting that throw and coming away with the ball, at least breaking the pass up, if not making the interception. So, yeah, they, you know, the, the two Bengals outside corners showed up and they they played big in the big moment there. Um, always, it is on paper, the weakness of the team, the outside corner, but they have Lou Rumo scheming things up for them, making quarterbacks a little uncomfortable. And then they have just stepped up. It, it, you can also just say that. I mean, Eli Apple last week had the double move touchdown, but in this game, he was awesome. And they faced Stephon Diggs. This was the big concern was, well, they've never played a Stephon Diggs. And then they did. <laughs> they did fine. Yeah, no, uh, just absolutely unbelievable on the defensive side. And, and we were talking, we're like, you really can't find anything back. I would say one thing, and and this guy is unbelievable um, as a quarterback. Maybe a little high to Hayden Hurst for that touchdown. Maybe a little high. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Just, I mean, Hurst could also pull it down. You know, yeah, he, right, you know. You could catch it. And, and Hayden Hurst came up big in this game. Yep, especially early on. It felt like very early in the game. It was like, ooh, wow. And then he had that hurdle late in the game. But early in the game, he had like a few catches that were like, is this, is this a Hayden Hurst game? And then uh, late in the game, had that hurdle. and But also late in the game, they didn't have to really throw the ball. No, <laughs> One game no. was just cooking. What was the success rate for? Oh, okay. Joe Mixon had a 60% success rate in the run game. I mean, 50% is in the 89th percentile for running the ball. So 60% has got to be like 95th percentile. With with six minutes to go, honestly, you could have told me in the fourth quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, I'm like, I feel pretty comfortable. I feel Mm -hmm. pretty good about this outcome. It was, it was, I mean, you're, it's obviously divisional round. It's huge. There's a lot of expectation here. The thing, all the pressure was on the Buffalo bills because Mm -hmm. in the off season, everyone, not everyone, but the majority of people, picked. Oh, everybody picked them. They, they, I'm going to say this, no offense to the Buffalo Bills, they're going to be back in it, and I'm sure the Bengals will see them again um, in the playoffs next year. But the Buffalo Bills received more credit for losing to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round than the Bengals did for making a run at the Super Bowl. And the Bengals remembered that. They're listening. If you yeah. don't think that they're listening to anything, you hear the refund talk. Joe Burrow said it in his post game, which was just amazing. We love to hear it. Zach Taylor saying, "Well, sorry for the logistics for Atlanta um, that we got in, we got in the way again." Um, I love everything about it. Joe posts on his Instagram after the game, and he says, "Uninvited guests, they hear it, even if they don't speak it." And I love it. I love the motivation. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals got hit with the. Um fluke run stuff the entire year last year after the season it's like well they were the fluke team the bills chiefs was the real afc team. i mean that started like right after the game and i know it was a very very good and exciting game how are you after watching a game not at all concerned about this bill's defense it it got so hyped up because they're they're a regular season monster but to play that game against the chiefs it's like then you see the Bengals shut down the chiefs for half the game I don't know. When I watch it, I, I just like, yeah, great offense. And, but a little concerned, a little concerned. And it showed up. 
Bills defense did not did not show why they were one of the top units during the regular season in this game. Uh, that was the best the Bengals run game has looked since Carolina. Probably the best offensive line performance since Carolina too. Yeah, I think if you were to if you were to tell me like after the game, Bengals are going to come away with the win. Wouldn't be surprised. I pick them. I pick them. I'm currently 14. I'm currently 14 and four on my picks this season. Or no, 14 and um, I'm I'm actually struggling a little bit because um, I I obviously didn't pick them in the losses. I picked them every week, but I'm doing pretty good with my win percentage when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. And week after week. Oh no, a team can't go into the playoffs hot. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, they don't lose in the playoffs at home. You know, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be the coin flip for the wild card if the Bengals don't win that game. And then you just throw a wrench into the NFL's plans. And I think there's a really good point. I saw it on Peter Burns. Um, I think he's over on the SEC network. And he says, if you do not have a team in this Bills-Bengals game, you need to be rooting for Cincinnati because the NFL is telling you pretty much this week, hey, we might look at neutral site for the AFC championship championship game in the future and Cincinnati says nope we don't even want that possibility we're going to throw that out the window and this game is going to be at Arrowhead and nobody wants that nobody wants that at all I didn't want to watch an AFC championship game next week in Atlanta watching a game with the Bills in Kansas City so we've been dead silent too like people are trying to say like oh that'd be fun both fan bases can get in there like no it would have been dead silent it would have been a corporate event um what Burroughs say about the Super Bowl is that they felt like dinner entertainment it so felt like was was legit at the Super Bowl, and I can tell you it wasn't anything like a, a home or away game in the playoffs, and that's unfortunate. I, I said it on Twitter earlier this week. You know, less talk about this neutral site for the championship game and more about making the Super Bowl tickets affordable for fans so they yeah. can actually go watch their favorite team in one of the biggest games that they'll ever get to play in, and that's something that we won't see because it is a corporate event. It's um, it's it's insane, and, and I hate everything about that. But you know, hopefully there there's something in the future that kind of changes that with the ticket prices. Even though I did see on TickPick, these AFC Championship tickets are in the four hundreds. Well, the average price for Atlanta was fifteen hundred. I don't know if you saw that. So a little a little cheaper, a little cheaper to go to, <laughs> go to Arrowhead. And I know the bank. I mean, honestly, there's more to get to. We'll we'll get to that next on. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Is it's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, and we're just talking about the AFC Championship game and the Bengals fans and just seeing some of the road trips that they went on this year. And, and even last year when it comes to the playoffs, you look at that Tennessee game, the Kansas City game, and Arrowhead. It was kind of cool to hear the Hootay chant during the broadcast. I'm not going to lie. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it was audible. You could actually hear the Hootay chant in a playoff game. Could you imagine back any year <laughs> – like 2015, 2005, when this team was at its peak other than the Burrow years. I wasn't around in the 80s, so I don't know. But could you imagine telling yourself, like, oh, you'll hear audible Hootay chants on the road in the playoffs. Like, no, I never thought that. But there it was, again. Like, this is not the first time it's happened either. Um, it was awesome. Hearing those chants, I, uh, I don't know. Just the who day chant. It's like they shut up the Bills Mafia so quick in that game, going up fourteen nothing, and almost turned into like a Bengals game. And then the you know the Bills fans are going to get loud on third downs and stuff for their defense, but they weren't rowdy, and that is something that almost never happens with Bills fans. They're always rowdy. 
Yeah, no, it's really cool to see. And I'm sure a lot of Bengals fans are already making plans to go to Kansas city and I'm holding out. I'm not, I'm not going to Kansas city, but uh, if, if, if everything goes, if everything goes well in Kansas city, uh, I need to go back to Arizona. So uh, we love Arizona. We love Arizona in February. We gotta, we gotta go watch this team in the, in the Super Bowl. You've never been to Arizona. No, I've never been west of Chicago. Mike, you need to get to Arizona. Look, I'm not telling you to go to the Super Bowl or anything like that because there's still one more game and all of that. But, man, you got to go to Phoenix, Glendale, Scottsdale. You're missing there's out. I, I need canyon. you to at least make a trip. Some canyon out there, you know. Got to go see There's that. a mountain. There's a mountain. You got to go canyon. climb Camelback. All right. We're thinking two in the future right now. We'll back it up a little bit. I know we're going to have a preview and prediction. I'm so excited to talk championship week as, as this week goes on. It's one of the best weekends in sports. If your team gets to play on um, AFC championship weekend, it's still kind of surreal though. If you think about it, look, expectations were really high when they drafted Joe Burrow. Unfortunately, his rookie year, he goes down with an injury and we never really got the chance to see it. They were still building this roster, spending money in free agency. They didn't back-to-back years. You look at the PFF grades, you look at this defense, you look at this offense, the guys who are stepping up when it comes to the grades. And it's all guys that they've really built over the last two to three years in the front office. And this team right here, back-to-back years for the for first two full seasons for Joe Burrow are back in the AFC championship game. It's kind of wild and it hasn't hit me yet. How many, uh, how many AFC championship games have been repeated uh, or and just championship games in general? When was the last time you had the same exact matchup? Like was that chiefs Patriots? I think they might've played twice in a row, but like you think back in history and it's usually like really high end matchups, right? It's like, 49ers Cowboys that's on right now as we record like you know Steve Young slash Joe Montana against Troy Aikman or you know Brady Manning of course that's I think the most famous one um I think there was a few Cam Newton Russ Wilson years uh but I don't know it's cool to develop this whole it's it's a rivalry I think Bengals Chiefs although you know I guess some people would say Chiefs have to win one for it to be a rivalry I still think it is Uh, it is it is yeah uh, so it's 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 a cool rivalry. It's a cool rivalry that you play the same team in the AFC Championship game two years in a row. And honestly, like they're the only team that's given the Chiefs enough trouble that, it, that people are like, "What do they do? How, how do they win this game?" <laughs> it's like the Chiefs against everybody else. They're gonna be favored by at least three, four points, um, and they still might get to that in this game. But I saw it opened up at either one or a, a pick them. You know, that's like that's that's Vegas saying the Bengals are the better team. That's uh, because you should get two and a half points as the home team. Here's the thing. Again, not predicting anything because we'll have two episodes, but I watched the Kansas City Chiefs in that game, and I know Patrick Mahomes went out with an injury, and he ended up coming back in there, and they give him some good stuff in that locker room uh, to, to help with the pain. But I wasn't that impressed with Kansas City. I didn't watch all the game. Um but I know anything is possible. Uh, your backup quarterback can step in and lead a 98-yard touchdown drive. That's me a great trivia question um, because that is now the longest drive in Chiefs history or playoff history. 98 yards. <laughs> Who did that? Wait, that's Got a thing. But that's the thing. There was a lot of talk, and I'm not trying to and I'm trying to give Kansas City credit here because there was a lot of talk. Like, and Patrick Mahomes had insane numbers this year. Insane. He will be the MVP, and I hope he gets to attend that award ceremony in person. 
But I think overall, you have to like remember they still have talent on their team. They have all pros on their team. They have a Hall of Fame tight end on their team when it comes to weapons that Cincinnati's been able to stop in these matchups. Um, I think if you were Kansas City, I actually threw it out on, on social media yesterday. I said, if you're Kansas City, I know that if Cincinnati wins, you get that home playoff game and you're not going to Atlanta. But who do you want to see? Who do you really want to see in that game? Yes, you get another sh- You want to finally beat Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl, and that would be an all-time revenge game um, if they were able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals and, and get that trip. But at the same time, if you're Kansas City and you watch the way the Buffalo Bills look today, you'd, you'd feel a little better about that other matchup. Yeah, I think so. But hey. This Chiefs seems good enough that I, I, if I was a Chiefs fan, I probably would be nervous just because of the history, but I would still be like, I still expect my team to win. Mm-hmm. Um, just the same as Bengals fans should expect their team to win this game. This is, to me, it's the two, I think they showed it, two best teams in the it AFC. Uh, and we are one step closer. Nick, I am going to need my preseason prediction like clipped out if it happens, but Dude, we are one game away from Bengals Eagles, the Beagle Super Bowl. Dude, I'd never wanted to be more wrong about my AFC winner uh, when it comes to Super Bowl predictions. I I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that when I picked the Chiefs in September, I hope I'm and I wanted to be wrong when I said it. I hope it's it's Bengals and Eagles. That would be amazing. I think you get two passionate fan bases in a a championship, and this would just be an all time because it's kind of cool. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way in the playoffs because anything is, can happen in in the one game that you play every week. But the best teams are playing now, the best teams. Yeah, that's you, and that's that's also why I said I like the conference championship weekend more than the division round because there's still some teams that are giants that uh, play in this divisional round <laughs> and the conference championship. It's best on best, high stakes. I know it's less football, but it's more exciting to me. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Joe Burrow, man, I I know we talked offensive line a little bit of the offense in the first segment, but this dude is is unreal. And that's one of the coolest things about when your team is playing in the division round and you get Tony Romo, who the Bengals have a great record when he's calling the game, even though he is a little, little he was a little little something in this game. Um, but you you see him step up, and, and I know, I know, and I normally do. Um, but you, you have that quarterback out there and, and you, if you, and one of my favorite things, I know we shouldn't need national validation. It's, it isn't that important at the end of the day, but seeing everybody talk about Joe Burrow and it's Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, it's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. And and I'll put Josh Allen in that category as the top three quarterbacks in the AFC. But right now it's, we're sitting in January, we're sitting at the end of January and it's Patrick Mahomes and it's Joe Burrow again. And they're two quarterbacks that are just going to be extremely fun to watch in the AFC for a really long time. Um, I, I just think it's it's why, why why do people doubt why do people doubt the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, probably the history, right? <laughs> I think that also some of the uh, Twitter heads didn't like this Bengals team last year, and then they were trying to say, "Well, it wasn't that good of a run this year." I love. It hasn't really come back to bite a lot of them. Love that take about how they'll be better, but you know, they'll look, they'll have a worse record. They'll miss the playoffs, but they'll be a better team. What happened? Anyway, uh, the other thing I was wanted to mention, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. 
it's kind of like Superman versus Batman. You know, so, you know, Patrick Mahomes has like all this talent, all this like supreme ability. But then Burrow just comes in with the mental side of just like locked in, precise, doesn't make mistakes uh, type thing. I don't know. It's kind of like the cool two opposite ways to play football and be elite doing so. Uh, it's fun. I, I love I love this matchup. I, I kind of think the Josh Allen-Jabro matchup is also like that. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, better than Josh Allen. <laughs> so it's yes. high, even higher up there. Um, yeah. I I just, I guess I'm still just in shock because I keep wanting to mention it. It's like, can't believe they made it look so easy. That is just the thing to me. That's why I feel like after the game, I was kind of like chill. I was like, they won. That I lost awesome. my nerves. I really kind of like felt stress-free. Halftime. Yeah, like halftime, I was like, they're in a really good spot, huh? Yeah. It it, it really kind of felt like I'm like, they're really just gonna win this game in the third quarter. Um, it just giving Cincinnati those possessions, and that was kind of the difference maker in the Baltimore Ravens game. They didn't have a lot of possessions. Uh, and this one they, they did, and when they got them, they capitalized on them. And I know we can go back to the, the we've already talked about the Jamar Chase, what could have been touchdown, but at the end of the day, they just they controlled it. And I trust this defense. This team is better than they were last year, and they Which really have a shot. Even, if, even without the offensive line, better team. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's why you, if you beat Kansas City, I just feel really good about that Super Bowl. I feel really good about winning it. I do. If you beat Kansas City, I just the way this team is playing and how good they are on all sides of the ball. And you could say the same if they saw the Philadelphia Eagles. That is a talented team we saw the other night. Uh, there's still a lot of football left to be played. It is. Could you imagine that matchup together? I don't, I don't know if I'd rather see that or the Niners. I mean, I know Niners and Cowboys are playing right now, but uh, – they're know. both hard. I have dreams of watching the Jason Kelsey DJ Reader match, though. I mean, that's the best center over the past decade, maybe, against what I think is the best or second best nose tackle in the league. Man, that'd be fun. That would be fun. It really would be. And uh, it's just wild that a week from today we could be doing a podcast talking about is, is this team going back to the Super Bowl again? I, I, I've said it before, but I remember leaving Pay I remember leaving SoFi Stadium and it was just such one of those gut punch champion. I mean, a championship that my first championship Super Bowl that I've ever been to and walking out of the stadium. And the first thing I thought is they're going to be back. They're going to be back. Did I think that they could possibly come back the following year? No. No, I didn't. I was like, well, maybe one day they'll go back. You know, it's really hard, but maybe one day uh, for them to be playing in the AFC Championship weekend, it won't be easy. You're going to Kansas City. They want revenge. They're trying to beat you. You've had their number and three matchups in the big games and the regular season matchups, and they're going to find a way to stop that. Uh, they want to get back to the Super Bowl, too. It's going to be uh, a battle. I'm really looking forward to what that's going to look like. The nerves are going to be sitting in on uh, probably Monday morning when I think about what this week is going to be. I love extra football. Someone said it best that it's like Cincinnati doesn't have winners in back-to-back -back years because the whole month of January they're playing in, uh, they're playing football right now. And as some Someone who, and, and you know too, familiar with just kind of the disappointing off seasons from, or the postseason from the past to, to be where they're at. Joe Burrow has five career playoff wins and counting right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's incredible. Zach Taylor, five career playoff wins. I know they'll, they'll say wins aren't a QB stat, but that's extremely impressive.
with the way he's he's looked. And we wanted to see this out of the offense before we got into the playoffs. Of, yeah. I want to see this offense step up in the playoffs since they did it, they did it best on the road in a snowstorm in Buffalo. Couldn't ask for a more dominant performance. Couldn't ask for uh I mean the five and oh thing or five five and oh five playoff wins that ties what the franchise had before drafting Burrow. And uh I I saw the five and I think it was like 14 stat and then i think back and i'm like well i mean they went like seven or eight in a row losses so then at some point they were near 500 and then they just like oof, lost every game i still remember those days i remember thinking like am i gonna see the Bengals win a playoff game in the next like 10 years of my life and turns out yeah now it's like will i see the Bengals win a super bowl <laughs> next whatever years, but hard to do, but they are putting themselves in a great position to get there. That is a really good point. I, I joke all the time. Zach Taylor should get coach of the year for 2019. He made a really difficult decision to bench Andy Dalton and that put them in the position <sighs> to get Joe Burrow and, and, and look where they're at right now. And Nick, our producer brings up a good point. Joe Burrow three and zero on the road. Uh, so that's pretty incredible. There was so many stats going into that Titans game last year, a year ago today, they beat the Tennessee Titans, the number one seed on the road. And it was like, Oh, Cincinnati, they, they, they don't win road playoff games. And they were able to, none of that matters. Those stats, anything you see this week, when it comes to Cincinnati, hasn't done this. Cincinnati hasn't done that. None of it matters. You got Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's your quarterback. You have a legit defense and, uh, you know, credit to Zach Taylor, because, um, I know he had plenty of criticism, early on in the season when they were 0-2 and Joe Burrow just told us all to relax a little bit. If someone would have just told us on October 31st that this is where this team was going to end up going, I think we would have all calmed down just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, don't take it for granted. This is hard to do. Uh, I know they made it look easy, like I've mentioned a hundred times, but this is really hard to get here. It, it, they they almost lost that wild card game. Um, not to say that the Ravens win if they score there, because then I think the Bengals offense does play it differently on the next drive, but, uh, it it was a close one. And, um, to then come in here and get to the AFC championship, this is only what the fourth AFC championship game in Bengals history, three and oh in those so far. Uh, so enjoy it, especially if they win, you know, savor it. Enjoy the ride. I'm really looking forward to talking AFC Championship football on the podcast this week. We'll have plenty more coming up on Tuesday and Thursday. I know you're going to be busy on all Bengals. What's going to be up there this week? Takeaways article from the game. Probably a lot of what we talked about on here with uh, the run game, offensive line, defensive performance, etc. But look out for that. And then I'm going to keep trying to put out three articles a week, even though it's difficult for me. It's, you know, thoughts and prayers to Mike. Uh, putting putting out three articles a week. Everyone uh, put that pressure on him because he, he does fantastic work. And I know we all want to read uh, his recaps and then the previews going into this, this huge game versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Thank you as always. Make sure you follow along. Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at Alan Diaz Patterson. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.